Studios is bumming with Bobcat with your host, Bum Wine Bob. All right, all right, all right. This is Bum Wine Bob coming at you with an all new edition of Bumming with Bobcat, where we are joined by a special guest this week. You know, some people call him the modern day James Bond of porn. He's a real man's man. And some people could just call him, you know, very lucky with all the different hats he gets to wear. Uh, he's a rising star in the adult industry, so let's all give a warm bumming with Bobcat welcome to Mr. Johnny. Good luck. How you doing, Johnny? Hey, I'm solid, dude. What's going on? Uh, not bad, not bad. Sitting back, relaxing, having some some drinks, having some fun. Uh, how about you? See, okay, I see you got some uh, some Jameson over there. Can't can't go wrong there. Uh, I'm kind of second guessing my uh, beverage of the the evening here tonight. Now I don't know if you know, you know what what I deal with usually is you know cheap booze and the bottom shelf of of alcohol. Oh, I can assure you, my friend, this was a gift. <laughs> <laughs> And I found in my travels, I don't know if, if you've come across it or uh, would ever want to, is the Four loco hemp flavor that, oh, uh, that, that I picked up. And not that I really wanted to try it, but it was one of those things you kind of, you couldn't not buy it to, to give it a shot just to see how it was. So my first question is, does it have any like THC or CBD content? It does not. It only has hemp seed oil in it, okay. so there's no actual hemp or cannabis or anything like that in there. It's just the flavor I'm of a, everything. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pretty versed drinker. Uh, I've drank many, many things off of the bottom shelf, many things I've never heard of before. Uh, we used to do a podcast where we'd have a different bottle of whiskey every week, and after a point, you kind of you got to play to shit you've never heard of, you know what I mean? So I've, I've definitely had some winners, and I've had a whole lot of uh, bad mornings the next day. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the risk. So I'm with pace. you, man, and, and I'll drink to that. I'll get it started right here, right now. Bang, right, bang. See, see, yeah, yeah. I had to – I saw it when it first came out, and it's up there at bumwinebob.com as the, uh, the malt beverage of the week because good or bad, I'll still feature it. I'll still drink it. I'm not one to waste any uh, – I agree. Any booze. I'm like, I agree. I, I see videos of people where they like take two sips of like a four loco or, or some, you know, malt beverage and then they'll like dump it down the toilet. And I'm like, dude, I mean, 
I know it That's sucks. Not right. That's just not yeah. right. Like, I know it sucks, I know it's shitty, <laughs> but just power through it, pound it down quick, and then you can move on to something you want to drink. I mean, at least get your good buzz out of it. You know, something like this, you know, 12% alcohol. Give it a fair shake. Exactly. Give it a fair shake. And usually with things like this, the more you drink it and sit here and drink it, the better it gets after a while. <laughs> As do most. Because I'm most. like I'm like halfway through the, the can at this point, and I'm like, you know what? It's not as bad as the original thought in my mind, so I'm like, I'm gonna go through it and then move on to something else to kind of, you know, you know, cleanse the palate and uh and move on. So, there you go. So hey, so cheers to you. Thanks for coming on the show here. Have some fun chatting with me. Absolutely. Guys. Now, just in your name alone, I'm very versed in bum wines. Oh, that, that's <laughs> not like see, see, I've, I've when heard I was growing up, we uh we went through a whole lot of wild Irish rose. Oh, that's one of the, one of the classics, you know. Classic, exactly. Classic bum wine, and, and of course, just, Mad just Dog. Regular... I'll stay away from that one. Stay away. Yeah, from that. you know. Well, you have your variety, you know. I know a lot of people have their their picks of winners and losers when it comes to you know MD twenty twenty with the the wide variety of flavors. So I don't know. Did you I have take, a favorite? I like the, I like the grapefruit colored one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that it's too? like that that reddish pinkish tinge you know what i mean that one works for me all the other ones it's like uh it's kind of the same problem i have with tequila when i drink tequila because i'm a whiskey drinker uh i can handle a uh, a pretty impressive amount of whiskey in a single sitting uh but when it comes to tequila i'll be i'll be on my way to the toilet before i <laughs> even feel the buzz if that makes any sense it doesn't really make sense to me but that's where i'm at and i had the same problem with most of the other mad dogs is uh you know before I'm even really catching the buzz, uh, I got a Ralph, and that's that's not a good way to play. No, no, you want to enjoy it first before it gets to that point where you have to, you know, watch it all coming back out again. So I'm, I'm with you there. I've had many nights myself of, you know, going a little too far with the either the, the MD-2020 yeah. or the, the night train, which is, I have a legendary night of, of that and getting blackout drunk and throwing up not remembering much of anything so so i'm with you on you know knowing sometimes you're like oh i'm good i'm good i'm good and then with a lot of those you kind of hit that wall and it's over right before it even started yeah and then you uh you find yourself drinking things that you know are going to be okay on the return trip yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's like well i know it's going to be all right when it comes back so we're just going to stick it out and make it happen yeah, it's it's the unknown sometimes of how it's going to react uh, with your body, which which is a funny thing. It's like, okay, you think, oh, I can take a few shots of this, I can have a drink of this, and you're feeling good. Then it's that one last one that just puts you over the edge, and you're like, oh shit, I gotta, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> so in our place, we um, you know, we go back and forth. I like to you know moderate as much as possible because between me and draven and uh bobby genital in here we can put down a whole lot of liquor so we would go and get handles of stuff you know a whole lot of evan williams comes through the house a whole lot of jim beam goes through the house uh, just because it's cost effective um well that just keeps our tolerance up so every once in a while i'll try and switch it up on them and get something like a little better something that's a little more palatable um, but then only a fifth of it, so we're not getting 
drunk for six hours, maybe we'll try and knock it out in a couple of hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all we're, about we're, being... We're, comp- we're competitive drinkers over here. <laughs> right. Well, you, you got to be competitive and cost-effective at the same time, so I... I get it totally. I'm I'm all for drinking cheap, but trying to still get that good buzz and know, okay, this isn't going to, you know, break the bank, but it's still going to, you know, make me feel good and not end up in that ditch like the uh, MD2020 might make me. <laughs> so you might really like this. This is something new that uh, I've, I've come with. So I, I bartend, I cook, I do a lot of things. So I have two bars in my house. I have an inside bar and an outside bar. And of course, we usually congregate around the inside bar when everybody comes home. So we've come to realize, like, we take a lot of shots, take a lot of shots of whiskey. And then we'll have our little glass of whatever to to take it down with. So what I started doing is I really like tiki bars. And tiki bars have this uh, fascinating concept called bowls. One of them I'm sure you've heard of is like the scorpion bowl. So it's basically like a party drink. It's a group drink, if you will. Mm -hmm. So we started developing our own trash can style um, group drinks that kind of it's kind of like the instant pregame. Instead of us sitting around and taking uh, shot after shot for a little while, what I'll do is I'll make one big party drink and we put it in one of these, um, you know, really fancy tiki bowls and put three straws in it. And it's just one, two, three, go. And we all just crush it immediately. And now in doing that, it benefits us in a couple of ways. So one, we're taking in like three shots a piece right then and there, which kind of uh, closes down the time frame and gets that buzz going right off top, which is good because um, we kind of have an issue for drinking too long. Uh, Where you'll get your hangover is when you drink for six or seven hours. That's when you're going to feel like shit. Whereas if you just get all of your drinking done in like an hour or two and then ride it out, uh, you tend to have a better night and less of a problem the next day. So uh, one of the ones we came up with is called Swamp Bay. <laughs> so it's uh, it's juice of an orange, uh, juice of a lime, uh, a dash of blue curacao to make it look swampy. And then it's six shots of bourbon. Uh, shake it up uh, with a bunch of ice because you definitely need to dilute it. And then I top it off with actually this stuff right here. Cherry seltzer, cherry oh, nice. bubbles. Now, also, I've come to realize that when you take shots like that, um, you don't get drunk as fast as the guys who were having like uh, whiskey coke. So even if I'm drinking, like I'm about to right now, cheers to you. Okay, so I just had a shot of whiskey and a sip of coke. Now, if I was drinking said shot in said coke, the sugar in the coke will get the alcohol into my bloodstream at a, at a more rapid pace. So actually, people that sip on co- that have mixed drinks will get the effect of the alcohol they're ingesting faster than people that can sit there and slam shots like us. So by developing these group drinks with all of these different juices and stuff in it, it sucks all three of those shots right into you right away. It really is the ultimate pregame, and I stand by it. See, we are learning stuff here tonight. See, this, oh man, you got this, the, you got the what, right guy. For I, I'm saying, podcast, no, buddy. definitely, definitely, no. I, I mean, like, I heard, I know you you wear a lot of different hats. I know you your main stuff is the the porn and the adult industry. But then when I heard you you've been a bartender, chef, you know, all this kind of stuff, it's like 
we have the real mixologist here with us to you know give us the uh, kind of like the the best of all the different worlds all wrapped in one. You know, especially when you said you know you've been down the the bum wine road before, so we know we know you're you're legit. You're <laughs> you're, you're you're one of us. You know, of the uh, the bottom shelf. You know, connoisseurs but can still come up with, you know, the drink, like you said, you know, the whole, you know, punch bowl type thing. Call it and, slow, baby. And, and getting the way, okay, how's the best way to get buzzed and drunk and try to eliminate that hangover the next day, which is always the, you know, the the fear and, like, the repercussion, you know, of that, that wild whole day or long night of drinking. So it really, I really do believe in the time frame factor. Um, I've come to find out that when I drink for like, because it's not, it's, it's just not that hard uh, for somebody who's tempered and knows how to stay in the pocket. So um, if if I'm drinking for a long period of time, I might not even really get drunk or even substantially buzzed, but we'll be drinking for eight hours. I'll still feel like trash the next day. Uh, whereas if you limit your drinking time frame down to a couple of hours and let your body just kind of do the process and be done with it, you could even drink more than you were going to in that long period of time. But in limiting how long your body has to deal with the absorption of it and how much recovery time you have, that is a huge, huge factor. And that's, that's actually very new for even me, uh, to figure out. We, we play with all these concepts all the time. We're very, very well thought out drinkers. <laughs> for as much as we like to drink, and uh, you know, for however people want to fucking take that, that's on them. But we uh, we're very studious about it. <laughs> it is trial and error, and and that's yeah. kind of like the big debate is always the day drinking versus night drinking. And okay, if you're gonna start drinking at you know noon, and you know that you're in for the long haul for the whole day, so okay. How much do you drink up front? And when you try to space it out, what do you drink until you get to that point where you're going to be like, what the hell am I going to do with the rest of my night? So I either start out really, really slow or you go hard up front with a big break in the middle. So either you start out really light and really slow and go for a few hours you have to at some point if you're drinking in my opinion if you're drinking for more than like a four-hour block you need to install a good gap where you're not drinking uh where you're drinking water and recovering um i've had success with like drinking from like six till nine at night and then we don't touch anything until like one in the morning and then we'll get super banged up between one and three and we're still okay the next day um or you front load it and then you ride it out like I was saying before. You, you go real hard, real heavy up front, and then you just kind of ride the wave and just, t just uh, do enough in between to keep, keep it going. So, you know, go real hard, real heavy the first two hours, and then maybe like an hour or two later, you have another drink or two, and another hour later, another drink or two, and then you kind of got to let it die. Otherwise, you're, you're, you're going to hurt. Yeah, you're you're screwed at that point with everything, and and I, I kind of do that too a lot. It's like usually the drinking a lot up front. Like you get to the party, like all right, I'm gonna have you know you know drinks, drinks, drinks. I mean, I mean me, I'm usually a beer drinker for the most part. Uh, mixed drinks, you know, now and then. 
shots I'm not going to I'm not going to turn down. You know, if somebody <laughs> if somebody brings it up and says, "Hey, we're doing shots," I'm like, "Yeah, sure, I'll take one." Anything, Why the hell not? Any, any any liquors that are a hard no for you? Uh, not really. Uh, the, uh, I mean, the one I had a problem with back in the college days was the, the absolutes and the, uh, the absolute citron was oh, one vodka, of them. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was like the big thing back then was like, Oh, we have absolute vodkas. Now we have all these different flavors in. Yeah, yeah. And I had, I was at a party one time taking shots of the absolute citron and it did not sit well with me and then there was a girl that was taking the shots too and ended up throwing up all over the floor right next to where i was sitting and it was one of those that just kind of yeah you're like all right i'm like if i'm gonna go throw up i'll go do it you know outside you know away from everybody but good um, on Good on you. <laughs> I still to this day have never thrown up somewhere inappropriately at a party or at a bar. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I at least what I don't remember, I don't think I've done it in front of anybody. I've done it many times outside in like the bushes or in a garbage yeah, can or fine. something. That's fine. Out that's there. You, 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 did, you gave it your best effort and you got the fuck up out of there. Exactly. <laughs> you, you you feel that everybody knows that feeling when you're like Oh shit! It, it's, it's coming! Fun. It's coming up. Let me and get out here. Yeah, can I get to the bathroom quick enough, or outside? So, yeah, I, I can say pretty confidently, from from what I remember. I mean, any of my friends out there might be able to, you know, call you know bullshit on me. <laughs> but, check in with them, man. It's all about knowing your track record. Yeah, yeah, and but I think yeah. I mean, that that's the big thing is you know knowing once you feel that and. Trust me, I've been there, you've been there, we've all been there. When you know that you take that shot or that drink and you you know it's coming back up. And you're like, all right, get the fuck out of my way. Yeah. <laughs> I got to get out I, of here I before I make a fool of myself. I'll go outside somewhere and hide. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've done that. Yeah, you're like, always you're fucking like, tequila. Yeah, you're like, you're like uh... Yeah, I'll be. I gotta run to the bathroom. I'll be, you know, I'll be right back. You go outside, back behind the fence or something, you know. Try to be as quiet as you can, you know. That's throwing up. It's the professional way to drink, man. Exactly. Then, then you walk. You know, you make sure. Okay, wipe everything up. Okay, there's nothing on you. You're all clean. You walk back in. People Adam. say, "Hey, man, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm fine. Yeah. Where's my drink? And then you keep going. Precisely. No one's the wiser. See, this is the the tips and tricks that we have for everybody out there. <laughs> this is how to be a professional drunk. Yeah. 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 How to, how to hide it well enough that you won't get yourself in too much trouble. And there's no shame in it. If you got to let one go, it happens to the best of us. It's all about having the forethought to be prepared for it. And, uh, you know, knowing where you're at, you really, if you, if you go out and you drink to the level that we drink at, Know your body. It's, I, I say the same thing about performing an adult, dude. Know your body. Know what you can do. Know what you can't do. Uh, know what's going to hurt you. Know what's going to help you. And um, act accordingly. And in, all my year, and in all my years of drinking, I've never been dragged out of a bar. I've never been carried out of a bar. I've never thrown up in the bar um, anywhere that wasn't safe. Like, I've never thrown up in a urinal either, by the way, because I've heard that a lot. And a lot of people puke in the urinal and fuck you guys because that's really fucking annoying. <laughs> I'd rather you throw up in the trash can. Why throw up in the urinal? 
Yeah, I, I've never done that either myself. I, my man, I, might, I like I, you. My yeah, man. I've, I might have had some friends that might have done that. Uh, shame on them, and they, yeah. get, they get punked for it for hopefully a substantial amount of time. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I always try to make sure. Okay, it's in the in the toilet, in the trash can, outside. Hell, like I said, even if it's on, I've done it on the side of the road before. Yeah, I mean. I've done it out the car window as a passenger, you know, I mean, before pulling over, you know, trying not to, you know, throw up, you know, in the car. Haven't, haven't done it in the car either. Out the window, yes, before stopping. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's, it's trying, just try to be a, you know, a nice, a nice drunk, you know, because there's some people out there that are not very nice drunks. And personally, nine times out of ten, I'm, I'm a fun, have a good time type of drunk, you know, one of those. Same. And just try to keep everybody in line. And like I said, don't throw up in the bar. Don't try to, you know, start fights with people. I have friends like that, too, that like to, you know, they get the beer muscles and start going. It's like, dude, just, you know, relax. We're just trying to have some drinks, have some fun. The They're missing the fucking point, man. Yeah, yeah, so, so... It's so crazy. We, we, over here, we, <laughs> over here, we over here at the Bum Wine Bob have our shit together when it comes to drinking publicly. We're just trying to help you guys know how to conduct yourself when you feel like being a lush. And, uh, you know, this isn't for everybody. So if you can't contain yourself, then, you know, maybe stick to some weed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just stay stay home by yourself. <laughs> but it requires discipline, you guys. This this requires discipline. It requires knowing yourself, knowing your limits, your boundaries. We like to drink, but we drink safely. <laughs> exactly. See, it's it's that it's that PSA. It's that public service announcement that we're doing here. <laughs> Tell everybody, you know, you know, you know, don't drink and drive. Don't cause commotion and, and bullshit and start fights and throw up in random places that people will have to clean up your mess you know you know shit like that so and also listen to feedback listen to feedback if a bunch of your friends tell you when you get drunk you're an asshole you might want to listen you might want to check yourself you don't want to be that guy nobody wants to be that guy and if you are that guy please stop drinking and please stop <laughs> drinking around me because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm having fun and I'm doing fine, and I'm never – you're never going to catch me slipping with the slippery. It's not going to happen to you, friend. You know what I'm saying? See, it's, it's like you said. You know your limits. You know – because I have friends that, that come over here, and they're like, like, oh, we're having a party, whatever. Okay, yeah, you're bringing beer, this and that. They're like, well, you guys have a hollow leg. You know, you guys can drink. I'm okay with you. You know what you're doing. It's the other people that decide, well, hey, you know, I'm going to go all out and get wild tonight. Then that's when, you know, shit's going down and something bad's going to happen. And I myself, I'm not much of a beer drinker. I like a good beer, but I, I uh, just it, it fills me up in a weird way. So when I have beer, I have like two or three and they're going to be something nice. It's um, like where I'm from. I'm from the East Coast. I'm from Baltimore and everyone drank cheap light beer over there nonstop. Miller Lite, a lot of Natty Bow. Uh, a lot of yingling, and uh, I was never the kind of guy you could sit down and crush a six-pack. Uh, that's why I drink liquor. Um, it, it's just too too much liquid for me. However, uh, you know, I could probably do a 12-ounce can of Jameson and be just fine. Uh, but, you know, the beer drinkers got me beat on that. Uh, I'm just, I, I'm not a long-term beer drinker. I never have been. 
and that's I still go out and have a beer. I really like going to Yard House. We got Yard House out here, but I'm I'm always going after like one or two really good, unique beer that's just kind of hitting my flavor at the time. It's never going to be what I'm uh, what I'm getting my buzz on or what I plan on getting my buzz on, except for when I go to gastro pubs or like uh, brew pubs that have those crazy like 19 percent ABV stouts. Then then I'm all in. Then it's right. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. At that point, it's a totally different ball game. You're At like, all right, load them up. I want to see what you're working with because there's nothing like a good beer drunk. And, unfor- and for me, I never get that because I don't drink beer like that. So a good beer drunk is hard to come by for me. Yeah, for somebody like you who's used to the hard alcohol and that kind of stuff. I drink whiskey, buddy. Yeah, it's going to take a lot, you know, for for me when you were running through like, oh, you know, drinking the light beers and, and you know, things like that. I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, I guess I've kind of been doing that forever, you know, it seems like at this point. And you're just kind of accustomed to it. Like, and I did I did finally just finish off the, see, I told you, the more you drink the, the Four loco, the hemp, it, it's not that bad as you, you go yeah. through. So, so yeah, you get through a full can. So we, since we've been talking, yeah. So you're like, all right, that's good. And then I'm gonna wash it down, you know, with the closest thing to to water I have here, and that's the the Coors Light. That there I have you go. Sitting around that's, here. To... That was my first beer. Thanks, Dad. Appreciate that. <laughs> so <laughs> that to kind of cleanse was a Coors Light. First yeah, beer was to, a Coors Light. to cleanse the uh, cleanse the palate, you know, of the uh, the premium malt beverage with the hemp seed oil uh there so so not like like i said it's not that bad once you you drink it and you know you don't give up on it after the first you know a couple sips you're like once the buzz gets going then it it gets better so i mean it's not something that i would actively you know recommend you going out and trying <laughs> yeah. if, if you come you across know what it you're doing. you know what you're getting into and exactly. you know what you're playing with yeah I, I, I totally feel you i've had a couple of like hemp flavored ales back in the day i used to live in san francisco back in like 0506 and they had some good breweries up there that were hip to um what they were allowed to get away with at the time because san francisco was kind of ahead of everybody when it came to the uh, weed legalization. I mean, mm-hmm. it's Northern California. It's where the majority of the weed in the world gets grown. Um, so I had definitely some really, really good hemp ales up there back in the day. And it kind of blew my mind how close they were in flavor profile to like really bright, hoppy IPAs. Because anybody who's a, a thorough beer drinker knows that hops are almost directly related to cannabis. Um, hop plants, which flavor almost every beer on the planet, and that's where a lot of the alcohol comes from, is uh, or a lot of the, the what's the word, the bitterness um, right, right, yeah. comes from hops in the beer. Well, hops are a giant fucking weed that grows just like pot. Um, so it, it, it was really close to home, because in my early 20s, I was really into the bright hoppy IPAs. And the first time I ever brewed anything, because I've brewed my own beer before, too, it was an IPA because IPAs have the quickest turnaround time. Uh, you can brew it. You can make an IPA in about a month. If you want to make like a really nice lager, like like Yingling or something like that, something that's crispy and clean and smooth and mellow, that takes a good three or four months of time um, chilling in uh, a decanter of sorts or a carboy or a big silo. depends on how big you're brewing. But uh, it takes a long time to make a lager, but IPAs are pretty quick. So I made an IPA and I swear, man, I could have just switched out the hops for weed and it would have tasted the same. 
it's it's funny, yeah, with all the you know the the CBD and uh, and the hemp, you know, the big you know kind of craze these days is everything is like oh you know hemp flavored this you know cbd using to cure everything yeah so that's like the the four loco guys you know came out with you know this drink for 420 this year and it's like oh well you know you can drink this there's no actual you know cannabis or anything in it it's just the the flavoring of it there and then they i guess they had they had such a good you know, feedback on it that they said, okay, cool. We're going to, you know, release this to everybody now. So, and it totally works. (laughs) Totally works. Weed is a great flavor profile to throw into beer. Um, I've cooked with cannabis a lot, uh, back in my earlier days, I used to get paid a lot of money to do private dinners, uh, for people that would be like five courses. And I would be given like a pound of weed butter or, or, um, you know, like a, a cup of, of good oil to infuse into the meal. And you'd be amazed at how many directions you can just take that that bright, floral, almost hoppy kind of flavor. I've made pestos with it. I've done butter basting with it, like a pan basting with like thyme and butter. You see people all the time do it in New Orleans with like shrimp or, or fish fillets. You do the same thing as long as you keep your your um, your heat low enough. So, yeah, I mean, they are almost interchangeable in my head. You really could take hops and pot and just switch them out kind of at will. <laughs> yeah, it's the, uh, I mean, it, it's from nature. So, I mean, it's all. Welcome right you know. here. <laughs> <laughs> and, but it's just the same thing too. It's just, it's just knowing your limits with everything. And like you were saying before, even in the adult industry, you have to know your limits of what you, you can and can't do. So I, I wanted to ask you, I mean, how did you find yourself getting into the, uh, the porn in the adult, uh, industry. Oh, it's no secret. It's all my wife's fault. <laughs> <laughs> so my wife, Draven star, uh, is amazing. And also a very, very versed and capable drinker, uh, that I, that can put most men that I know down pretty quickly. Uh, she, uh, she's an OG burning angel girl. She was with burning angel and, you know, the alt porn scene when it was first happening, when burning angel was like the only tattooed porn out there. Uh, and after we started dating, um, I was comfortable with myself and I knew what I was getting into. So I started being her roadie at events and stuff like that. I would go to the tattoo conventions and exotica and eventually like AVN and I would just be, just be her roadie. Um, go with her, make sure she's okay at the booth, get her whatever she needs, take care of the hotel and the, and the gear and the luggage and the, and the merchandise and all that crap. And I would just kind of be around. And, um, you know, you end up in the same rooms as people, and then they see you around a few times. So after a couple years of just being there at her side as her man, um, one day at AVN, uh, Hustler Magazine said they wanted boy-girl content, and I was tested because we like to have fun. And that was that was kind of it. That was the beginning, and I want to say that was like five years ago. Um, so we got married back on the East Coast in Baltimore, and we moved out here to L.A. so she could stunt and do as much with adult as she could. So I folded up my catering company and all the other stuff I was doing over there, and we moved out here to L.A., and I, I kept cooking and working in kitchens and stuff like that. And um, slowly but surely, just me being out here and and kind of learning the ropes on social media and 
cross promoting and and just networking eventually i started getting calls uh from lower end production companies to go and do hard shit so the first things that i used to do were like bukkakis and stuff like that and if it bought to every man in the world i will say this straight up after doing what i've done for for this long i'll say this straight up if you can't stand in a room with 10 other guys and jerk off successfully without any help don't fucking ask me how to get into porn because <laughs> if you can't do that then you can't do it and that's that's kind of all there is to it. And that's not anything mean, because I honestly didn't know that I could. I just don't really have sexual hangups. I mean, you're talking to a guy. I used to drop my wife off at the airport to go and shoot porn out here in L.A. And then I'd go pick her up at Baltimore. And how was your trip? How's work? Well, that's that's my mentality from top to bottom. It's all business. Um, and after having proven myself through that, then I started getting a little bit better shoots, a little bit of a better thing. And then, uh, like, two years and change ago, I got picked up by OC Modeling. Thank you, OC, for believing in my weird tattooed ass. And I haven't let them down since. Um, I stay really focused. I always keep it pro. I never let it get personal. And that's really the most important thing in adult, because we're doing very personal acts with people. And you can see it all day, every day on Twitter, people getting very personal about however they feel about whatever they're doing. Um, and I just, I refuse to do that. I've had my own businesses that had nothing to do with adult. I had my own catering business. I had a property inspection business and I always treat business like business. And, um, you know, I've taken good advice and I've done what people taught me how to do and you got to keep it up. And that's, that's how I ended up here. And I had no idea that I would ever get this far. I didn't even know that I was really talented. Apparently it's, uh, not easy to be an anchor in a five-person bound gangbang. It's, 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 it's something I've got a knack for. But at the same time, I kind of tempered myself to it. Well, yeah, especially for somebody who didn't really go into it, you know, striving to, you know, do it this. Never, it was never a plan. It yeah, was, you, you, it was you never got, a plan to do porn. Yeah, you got pulled into it, you know, saying, hey, how about, you know, can he do it? Can he fill in, you know, and, and do this? And you're like, yeah, sure, you know, why not? Then they say, oh, wow, this guy really has a knack uh, for it and can really perform. Yeah. And then next thing you know, you know, you're all over the place. And like yeah. I said, and you're oh, doing, crazy. you know, yeah, these multiple scenes, you know. I mean, I know you have uh, one of your latest scenes with uh, with Kendra Hart, you know, which is, like you said, with a bunch <laughs> a bunch of other guys, you know. And if you... If you can't so, perform then <laughs> I got I got the gift of what you know as far as everything that I've seen that you can do in porn I have I'm very blessed and very happy and lucky but I probably have one of the hardest jobs that I know a lot of other really good known male performers who just can't do it and I mean guys that are bigger than me better name than me getting you know huge just boy girl shoots for big great companies they can't do what I can do. And what that is, is anchoring in double penetration. Uh, so the anchor is the man on the bottom of the pile in a, in a double penetration or gangbang kind of scenario. Uh, basically, your job as the anchor is to stay firm and hold uh, the girl in a very tight spot so that everyone else can go and do what they've got to do and make it look impressive and have double penetration or airtight um 
And it's just something that I realized. One, I'm ergonomically designed for it. I just happen to have a dick that's built like that. Uh, and then um, I can I can do it. So now I'm very happy to be one of kink.com's main anchors for their bound gangbangs. And now I've done probably upwards of like a dozen of them. Uh, it's like two a month. And Kendra Hart is the latest one that's come out. We also just did Candace Dare. Uh, we did Jenna Clove before that. Ella Nova before that. Uh, Jasmine J, amazing before that. I mean, I've done a bunch of these now. And they kind of count on me because I don't fail in that extra fucking hard position. And I, I know a ton of guys that they wouldn't even bother trying to do that. They know that they wouldn't be successful in it. And there's no shade to that. Everyone's good at what they're good at. I mean, uh, a couple of my heroes, fucking uh, Ricky Johnson and Xander, they're both with my agency. I can't do what they can do. Um, to be fair, they're way prettier than me. They're built better than me. Uh, and every way that they move and fuck on camera is just impeccable. And um, that's not me. Yeah, no, I try, I try and get my skills up there like that, but I'm just... I'm built like I'm built. They're built like they built. I can do what I can do. They can do what they can do. If that makes sense. No, definitely. I, I get what you're saying because you need that anchor of somebody who can sit there, hold everything in place. Because without you, I mean, you're there is no, no exactly. There's, there's no scene there. Uh, for or at least not what they're trying to get out of it. Exactly. I mean. I'm sure, you know, if you really tried and something was going on, you could make something work. But, you know, we're going for the quality here, people. You know, this is what... (laughs) On that point, like, it is possible to pull it off. Um, It just requires a lot of cutting and a lot more editing, and it doesn't look as natural. They're not going to get that that long shot that they want, that unanimous single shot where they've got five or six minutes of just hardcore double penetration. Um, And, you know, you know, I've... I've been around other anchors and uh, that's kind of, that's kind of the gig. So when they bring you in for that, Kink only really has a few guys for those that they bring in to do that. Uh, They have a good roster of guys who do these bound gangbangs because the bound gangbangs are really intense and hard. And I will say without, without any question that shooting for Kink is the hardest to perform of anything I've ever done. Now I wanted to ask you now how, well, I guess, what is your favorite type of scenes to do? Is it like the, you know, the bound stuff with, you know, five five guys? Or is it, would you rather do one-on-one stuff or just a couple guys and, and a girl? I mean, what's your, your favorite type of scene to, to shoot? This is a fucking, I'm so glad no one's ever asked me this question before. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I would much rather do one-on-one. I'd rather boy-girl is like the most successful and natural it could possibly feel to go to work that day. Um, doing one-on-one is as normal as it gets. Now, from all of the, the weird stuff that I've been recruited to do in adult, it kind of normalizes everything. So doing these bound gangbangs and stuff like that, it doesn't phase me anymore. Yeah, now you're like, it's the usual. You're like, oh, yeah, sure, we're doing it this way. Yeah, me and, you know, four other guys. Yeah, sure, all right, let's do it. Get it over with, and we're we're good. Yeah. A 20-guy blow bang. Yeah, yeah, same same shit, different day. I'm going to get a minute of blow job, and we're all going to jerk off together. Yeah. (laughs) I get it. But when you get a boy-girl, that's like, and even a boy-boy-girl where you're getting attention the entire time. Because even in the bound gangbangs, the guys have to deal with the amount of attention that they're going to get. So if you're shooting a 30-minute scene 
and there's five guys and five minutes of setup, realistically, if you think about it, everyone's only really going to get five minutes of maybe whatever they want. Or for the Bound Gangbangs, we'll shoot for an hour. So there's five or six of us, and you got to break that down into so many pieces. Now you're now let's talk about doing like a twenty guy blow bang because we've done those for Dog Fart and for Devil's Film and stuff like that. Okay, so if we're shooting a twenty five minute scene and there's twenty guys all getting a blowjob from one girl, approximately how much time does each guy get from that girl? A minute, right? Yeah, not, not much. Yeah, I was gonna sit here and break down, do the math. You know, a minute and a little bit, yeah, depending, yeah. depending on if everyone's polite or not, or if you've got a whole hog on, you know. <laughs> but you only get so much attention. So when I know I'm going to have an easy day and everything's going to be fucking fine, it's a can't fail, it's it's one-on-one or two-on-one. And either way, two-on-one is fine. If it's boy-boy-girl or if it's girl-girl-boy, either way, it's a can't fail. There's no In my head, there's really no way I could possibly fuck that up. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you're getting the attention somehow for the majority of the scene, and you're good to go. And on the flip of that, anytime I'm roped into one of those really big group scenes, I also know that, okay, I'm basically on my own, except for a little bit. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? No, I get it. I get it, because you're, you know, that... You get this little this little window of her attention, but there's so many other guys that you get... You, you got to play the field. There's a rotation. Everybody knows the rotation. Everybody who they're going to hire to do this knows how the game works. Uh, you only get so much, and you have to be prepared to take care of yourself in this setting. And no matter what, most of the time, if you don't pop, you don't get a check. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, you have to, in, in that case with the, the big groups of guys, you have to know how to, you know, keep yourself up and maintained and, and ready to go when that, when your number gets called and says, all right, it's your time to shoot, you gotta, you gotta perform. Otherwise, like you said, it's like, dude, what the fuck? You didn't know. <laughs> I mean, I get, I get DMs from men, women every day asking how you get into the industry. And I just, uh, what I kind of want to tell them, it's like, if you can stand in a room with a bunch of other guys and jerk off successfully within 10 minutes, maybe maybe <laughs> you're on the right track <laughs> yeah, and not any of that standing in the corner by yourself bullshit i mean look them in the fucking eye <laughs> right you're up there right next to them you're <laughs> yeah there's only so much space in front of the camera right right yeah. it's you know it's not an easy gig and it's, it's kind of like one of those that's kind of like the porn dream killer for a lot of people uh it's if you really knew what you have to do sometimes you know, because everyone thinks, you know, you get to bang all these beautiful women. Yes, that's true. But what about when you don't get to bang all these beautiful women? What about when you're getting a blowjob with 10 other guys from the same girl and everybody's got to be done in the same two minute time frame? Then call me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I said, there's a lot that goes into it other than what you see on the camera and what the finished product looks like because what goes on behind the scenes or even, you know, during the scene, you know, while you're standing around, you know, waiting, I mean, yep. I, I can imagine, yeah, it's not the easiest because everybody thinks, oh yeah, I can do porn. That's, that's no big deal. 
I can do that no problem. It's like, yeah, well, you know, once you get on set, you know, is it really that easy? Yeah. You'd be you'd be surprised. Um, yeah. But, you know, and then once you're acclimated to it, man, it's a cakewalk. Like all the guys I work with all the time, they're all amazing. All of us don't even flinch, you know, and I work with the same guys over and over and over again for these group scenes. Uh, and we're all brothers and there's no shame or weirdness or anything about doing this together or being in the same room or if you walk by each other and someone accidentally slaps a dick on your leg or <laughs> you know like you get over it and it's, it's just part of the routine <clears throat> and tip my hat to all the guys that i work with because you know i got their back they've had my back i've been really sick for a few weeks so I actually had a scene um, last week for Kink. It was one of these bound that we do. And uh, I've been, I was on antibiotics for like seven or eight days. And that just throws a total wrench in how your body operates. Um, I kind of wasn't prepared for it. So a little bit of the scene, I'm kind of leaning on them to pick up a little bit of my slack just because I don't have the same energy I normally do. Um, I'm not working to the capacity that I'm used to just because I have all this medicine in me. Um, and, you know, I can't appreciate those guys enough. So everybody in the industry who can do what I do and that we do all this together, uh, fucking love these guys. And I wouldn't be able to do what I do and, and be successful at it without them too. Yeah. It's a team <laughs> effort, you know, especially for the big group scenes like that. It's like, all right, you know, you got your back, they got, you got their back, you know, it's, going back and forth if you want the scene to come off as flawlessly as it can be yep. you know it everybody has to work together you can't have your own agenda you have to say okay you know you do your thing here this and that you know work together with the whole you know process you know i know you're up for you know some awards you know coming up soon for the inked awards i know you won in 2018 you got the best uh male <laughs> clip artist from the inked awards so you know i gotta tell people out there to, you know if they Thank haven't you. done so already to you know check out your work and you know you know get a vote out there spread the good word about what you're you're doing out there so hopefully you can be really? a uh back-to-back -back, uh you know winner you that'd know let's, let's hope so that'd be, really cool. <laughs> that'd be really cool um i learned a long time ago about the the power of producing your own porn. Uh, it's kind of blown up in weird ways. There's a lot of people who make really shoddy content now, which I'm not about. Uh, and I see it out here all the time. Guys going to parties and, hey girl, you want to shoot some content for OnlyFans? And they're talking about hopping in the bathroom real quick with their cell phone. I'm like, no, that's not how you do it. That's not how I got taught. Uh, every time I shoot, I have a cameraman, except for very rare, well-shot POV stuff that I'll do. I always do sex stills. I always do pretty girls, which is like solo girl photo set. I do what every major production company that I look up to taught me to do. So the two biggest directors in my life, without a doubt, are Craven Moorhead and Mike Quasar. Uh, I learn as much as I can from these guys. They hire me a lot. Uh, me and Craven are definitely friends. Mike Quasar, you're never really sure if you're his friend, but I love the man. <laughs> um, but I, I used to PA for Mike before I started performing, and I do verbatim what they do as close as I can with what I can afford to do. Um, so lights, separate camera crew, a backup camera, 
um, I'm never shooting stuff with a cell phone. And I've been nominated for my for what I shoot. Uh, I think I'm at nine times now. I've been nominated for what I produce nine times uh, in just two years. Uh, I did win last year at Inked Awards. Uh, this year at Inked Awards, I'm nominated for Best Male Clip Artist uh, and Best Model Website, which is really cool because johnnygoodluck.com is the only um, male website up in that category. And I'm going against... Annabelle Peaks, Joanna Angel, Stella Ray. I got some stiff competition in that one. I'm the only guy. Um, Chrissy LeBlanc. Uh, I'm really stoked about that. I'm really happy that I somehow infiltrated that category. <laughs> you found your way in, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I also got uh, Male Performer of the Year, which, once again, is always stacked. Um, and, you know, being nominated three times at the same award show for anything is kind of undeniable I'm, I'm stoked i don't expect to bring home a trophy for any of them but uh you, you can't really take the honor away from me when you got three nominations at the same show so that's still going on until september 7th uh, you can go to inkedawards.net slash vote slash and you can vote for johnny good luck for best male clip artist uh, best model site would be johnnygoodluck.com and then the other one isn't up to me it's a committee so we got that going on. So we definitely got things moving. And I will, me and Draven both will be at uh, Exotica, New Jersey. So we'll be there. Actually, I think it's October this year. But we'll be there at the Ink Awards, nevertheless. We'll be there. I'll be there with the Clips for Sale booth. And uh, you can definitely catch me out there. Other than that, go check out the site. The site's kicking ass. I'm really proud. Um, I was actually torn on, because tomorrow's update day. And I don't know what to put up. I could put up. A uh, uh, kind of femme dommy girl, girl, girl scene, or I could put up something really pretty with Jessica James. <laughs> I got options. I'm sitting on a lot of content. That's a good thing, though. That's a good thing. Yeah. Over here, a lot of work being done over here. Yeah, you better you're better to have more content to have to pick from for your updates than you know have nothing or things you got to piece together at the last minute. So. Yeah. Hey, thing things are good for you, man. Hey, it's it, it's Lots awesome. You know, everything everything you're doing uh, over there is is great. You know, you're living the living the good life. You know, having fun. You know, having drinks, having <laughs> doing all your different things there. And now I know you're Drink. you're doing Drink. you're doing radio now as well. Radio, you know, the radio know, podcast right? world. I mean, so I'm really stoked about that. I, I am very, very excited uh, at my position, uh, co-hosting and being a booking producer for Demon Seed Radio, because I've known Demon Seed for a long time. Uh, I mean, hell, Draven's known Bobby for like eight years. Uh, and me and Draven were doing the podcast a while ago. That podcast still rides on the Demon Seed Network, by the way. <laughs> and uh yeah, I never thought that, that that would end up happening, but the cards just kind of fell that way. So Demon Seed lives here now. <laughs> Which is essentially the, the biggest, you know, adult, you know, entertainment radio, you know, network that's out there these days. And now you're, you know, out there in the in the forefront of it. So hey man, props to you on that one. I'm very I I'm definitely hustling and I'm very proud. You know, I've gotten some really, really dope guests on here. I mean, I got us Annabelle Peaks a couple weeks ago. Uh, Lexi Lore, I've had her on there. And uh, I've got basically all of September booked out at this point. Um, 
Tomorrow we're going to have Aria Carson on. Uh, in the middle of September, we're going to have Romy Rain on. Uh, we've got Emma Hicks lined up to do the show in September. Nothing but good things with me booking. That's awesome. That's awesome. We'll be looking forward to, you know, seeing what you guys have going on and what's in store for the the future for you there. I mean, hey, I, Johnny, I appreciate you coming on here, hanging out, chatting with me, you know, talking cheap booze, bum wine, all the all the good stuff, all the shit you have going on there. I mean, uh, I know you covered a lot of it already, but you want to give, you know, a final plug of where people can find you all that good stuff absolutely well you can find us every friday absolutely on on demonseedlive.com uh demon seed radio network um yeah i'm i'm doing that every week you can get on that on tune in so we do that show live straight out here in la every week uh follow us on demon seed 69 on twitter and see what we got going on also if you follow any of my channels uh i'll be the first one basically to promote uh who the guest is going to be because i usually book the guest um so uh on instagram it's johnny goodluck xx on twitter it's mr goodluck triple x uh, of course you can find all of my fantastic self-produced porn on johnnygoodluck.com and you can go and vote for me at inkedawards.net slash vote slash for best male clip artist, best model website. Uh, that's going on until September 7th. And you can vote every day on every uh, IP address that you've got. <laughs> uh, you can also find uh, my wife, Draven. Draven kills it. Uh, check out her stuff, dravenstar.manyvids.com, because uh, I produce a lot of the stuff for her. And she's been really killing it on there lately. Uh, she's becoming one of their top um, <clears throat> femdom girls and one of their top BDSM uh, many vid stars, which is very exciting. Yeah, we're all over the place. All you really got to do is go and uh, find Johnny Goodluck and not the song from the 50s. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, well, like I said, but you're going off of that rockabilly, you know, type uh, character. So, hey, it, it works out. It it evens out in the end so <laughs> i'm proud of us no hey man it, it's good shit uh definitely anybody out there listening be sure to to check them out there you know give them a follow check out the videos be sure to vote for them for the inked awards you know pour out a drink for them you know the I'm uh sure that i finished this here bottle of jameson by the end of the episode so i just poured i poured out the last shot <laughs> i'm sitting on it until it's over but i'm i'm with it no that hey that's what we do we see here we have a drink we have a good time we shoot the breeze you know just bs about life and the the craziness that it is and where you end up like you said you did not think you'd end up in the porn industry but here we are in 2019, and you're up for awards. You've won awards. You're still going strong, drinking, catering, cooking, bartending. Yeah, you wear many different hats, and you do a good job with all of them. Fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Johnny, man, I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on the show, hanging out, having some drinks, having a good time. We'll be keeping up with you. We'll keep track of what you're up to, and we'll definitely have to chat with you again uh, in the future. Fantastic. All right. Thanks, man. <laughs> Cheers. 
Cheers to you and salute and good night.